You are now listening to the Sanctuary Church Living Word Podcast. We hope that the message that you will hear will inspire your walk with Christ and that it will encourage you to draw closer to God. Now let's listen to today's episode on the Sanctuary Church Living Word Podcast. But, um, Sometimes the Lord just got to praise the devil out of the house. All right, let's go. Let's go. you are related to that you've never seen before. I mean blood relation. But there are also people in the kingdom that were, can y'all turn that thing around a little bit? I sound like I'm in a tunnel. Uh, But there are also people that you're related by spiritual birth. And um, God places them, thank you. God places them in our lives and somewhere along the journey we run into each other. So we're glad to have uh, Tish I'm sorry, Tishana Dowdy's mom and dad with us from Canada today. Can y'all stand up just a second? Amen. And they keep up with us. They keep up with us even up there in Canada. Thank God for uh, uh, the electronic media and all that kind of stuff that we can touch bases with each other across the country. Amen. Around the world, actually. And uh, we're grateful for them and also for others that we haven't seen some of y'all. Listen, just because you don't hear from me doesn't mean I don't miss your faces. I see you. Uh, And not only me, but there are others as well that see you. And uh, especially when we don't see you for a minute, we ask, we go to uh, investigating. And not to meddle. It's not about meddling but it's out of concern. That's why accountability is so important. If you're going to be absent, please pass it on so that we know everything is all right because we don't know. Uh, So uh, I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. Amen. What if Bishop ain't here for two or three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks? One, y'all be ready to take a vote. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, family is important. We're family. Look at somebody and tell you you're part of my family. Yeah, that song we did along some weeks ago when we first started this series. I need you, you need you need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. Yeah, we're all a part of God's body. So stay in touch some kind of way by phone, whatever. A lot of people we we um we are able to stay in touch with on thank God for um, our, our uh, Sunday morning 945 and, and Tuesdays at 12. So we, we stay in touch with a lot of people that way. Uh, so stay in touch, accountability. And I talked about that in our ministry leader 
thing a few weeks ago. If you are a leader, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. If you don't feel like you need to be accountable when you're going to be absent. Amen, lights. I'll tell, tell him Bishop on one today. I show he is. I struggled this week. I struggled this week. I talked to my wife this morning, uh, last night, and I, I struggled this week because as God is moving us along in this series on building healthy relationships, he's moved us to from individuals now to family. So I struggled with that. I, I struggled greatly with that because, uh, you know, you, you, you get in your flesh and you're saying, Lord, I don't want to preach that. You know, we have a tendency, you'd have to be a preacher to understand this, that we want to what we, we, and we have moved into that era now, that era now where uh, a lot of what we hear on TV is social gospel. And it's a gospel that pleases. But let me tell you something about the truth of the gospel. If it don't cut you, it ain't done no, it ain't done its work. But not only will it cut you, as Bishop Grinstead says, when it gets done cutting, it'll sew you back up. Matter of fact, it'll sew you back up so much so that you won't even know where the wound was. Amen. Some of us have had surgeries many, 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 many years ago, and they can show you still where that scar is. But when God sews us up, it's gone. It ain't there. You don't see that no more. If God sews you up, okay. Oh, I'm supposed to be preaching, right? Let me get to If God sews you up, because here's what happens. A lot of times we, we don't want the wound to heal. We get comfortable in our misery. And that's what has happened with many of our families. We have become so, so socially acceptable in the way we do life is that we are of all people most miserable, even in the house of God. Miserable. Tell somebody he ain't talking about you. He ain't talking about you. So in this series, and, and we're glad to see you. He back over there in the cubby hole back over there. Y'all. There's a little cubby hole over here when some people see him. And we're glad to see Brother Reggie today. He was in a series. He he's a truck driver, and he was in that big old thing and, and went to sleep a few days ago. But God blessed him to be here today. Come on, wave at us, Brother Reggie. And all he came out with was a few bruises and maybe a few scratches. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Let's go. Let's go in our text. We've been doing this series for probably the last two months, two, almost three months now on building healthy relationships. I hope God has helped you uh, in that. He, he's helped me. He's helped me uh, building healthy relationships and building healthy relationships before you can build strong families. It's got to be an individual thing. Amen. Somebody y'all. I'm going to be here for a while. So y'all might as well say amen today. Amen. And if y'all say amen, I might skip over some stuff and go on and get done. But if you don't, I'm going to like, okay, Lord, they're not getting it. What you want to say next? So we want to we look at this thing. We have been dealing with this. And on this past Tuesday, I ain't going to ask how many of y'all been in on Bible studies. But let me tell you something. And I'm, I'm talking about what I'm talking about because I'm pastoring today. You need to stop complaining about your situation if you ain't going to go get what you need to get to correct it. 
Don't be talking about you got heart problems and, and God has given you access to a heart doctor and you, and you ask them, have you been keeping your appointments? Well, no, I ain't kept my appointments. It's the same way with Bible study. Do you not know that your healing is in the word? Tell somebody he already preaching. Your healing is in the word. So if your marriage is a wreck and you're not in Bible study, it's going to stay a wreck. You know what? You lost your mind. You know what the definition of insanity is? Doing the same thing over and tell somebody, I didn't come to hear that today. I did. I come to let Bishop, uh, I was hoping Bishop was going to say something that would make me feel good. Listen, the only way you're going to feel good is get what's wrong right. And if you're not getting in the word, it ain't never going to get right. Because, listen, I said it at 9.45 this morning. God will make you uncomfortable in your situation because he wants you to know that I didn't choose for you to be in that situation. You chose to stay there. Preaching this house, Bishop, I'm going to be like Jeffrey Johnson. I'm doing the best I can. Okay. Y'all say, where the scripture, Bishop? Where the scripture? There it is. There it is. It's right there. Colossians chapter 3. Now, if you and I said that to say this, if you have been in Bible study, you will have already gotten verses 1 through 14. Because 1, and, 1 through 14 of Colossians chapter 3 is a prerequisite for what we're about to deal with relative to the family. The family will never become any stronger than each individual link. So if the dad, if the father's a weak link, if the mother's a weak link, and let me tell y'all something, I ain't omitting senior singles because it's right in here too. So if you're a single parent, you still are not excused from the truth of the word. So let's see what it says. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 through 21. Stand for the reading in reverence to the word of God. Amen. So look at verse, what verse 15 says. It says, I'm going to try to get through this scripture without being kojic and stopping and pausing and, and preach a little bit and go on, preach a little bit. And then, anyway, Colossians chapter 3, beginning with verse 15, says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, y'all say one body. Tell somebody, that's me and you. You were called to peace. Catch that. I told y'all I was going to try not, but I'm there anyway. I'm going to let y'all sit down in a minute. But me and my wife were watching a movie last night. I told y'all when you're preacher, you can't watch something without seeing the spiritual significance of the movie. You can't be removed from that because we're who we are. And so we were watching a movie last night, and the disturbing thing, it was so disturbing to see our families, the, the very fabric of our society, y'all do know that, is the family, right? And to watch these families sitting at the dinner table. You got all this steaks and turkeys and sweet taters and ain't, ain't no chitlins at that table, y'all. And you're looking at all and homemade rolls with butter on them, not margarine, with butter on them. And you're seeing all of that. And it's interesting that when you look at that and, and see them, they are arguing and fussing and fighting. And everybody walks away from all that great-looking, smelling, tasting food, Pastor Ty. Everybody hungry, but everybody mad. And so I begin to recognize why, why God, I'm, I'm going on in just a second, why God has given us this 
this, this series and given us this family at this particular time because we're entering into that Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year season when families are supposed to get together and enjoy one another. And I told my wife, in her family and in my family, I'm so glad that we can come together. And in all these years, we've been married 45 years and never been a family situation when we gathered together where we fell out. Never even been an argument. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody give God a hand of praise on that. And that can be possible in any family if you personally take on yourself that I'm going to be this person that Paul is talking about in Colossians chapter 3. Okay, verse 16 says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart, and whatever you do, everybody say whatever. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Y'all can sit down. I'm going to finish this scripture. Verse 18 said, wives, oh, Lord, this is where Bishop going to get in. No, I ain't in trouble. God the one in trouble. <laughs> wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. And in some words, in some Bibles, it says, wives, submit yourself to your own husbands. Now, brothers, don't say amen too loud because it's tougher on the husband than it is on that wife. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh to them. Now, I'm going to come an with another direction on that out of Ephesians in a little bit if the Lord gives me time. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Verse 20, those young folks in here and some of us that are older that still have our parents with us, you still their child. My mama reminded me, my wife will tell you, my mama was with us when, we, when she went home to be with the Lord. And uh, uh, she always reminded me that you my pastor, but I'm your mama. And there's a line that has to be drawn between uh, who I am as a pastor and who she was as my mama. That it did not matter, it did not matter, it did not matter how much I was her pastor, she was still my mama. Remember that young folk, remember that older folk that still got your mamas and your daddies with you? It says, children do what? Obey your parents in what? Everything. Oh my God. Now y'all know we ain't always been, I remember my mom and daddy were living and we didn't obey them in everything. But it cost us. Hello, somebody. Some of us now, even today, are paying the price for what mom and daddy, or grandmama, granddaddy, godmother, godfather tried to warn us from. And we said, they don't know what they're talking about. See, that's why we got to be careful as we, we age, we forget that where our children, our grandchildren, our godchildren are now, we were there once. And when you say, I don't know where they got that from, yes, you do. Young say, man, I don't know where they got that from. They must have got that from their daddy. And then they get in argument. No, they got that from their mama. Mm-hmm. Every one of our children got some of both of us in us, whether they with us every day or not. They still got some of both of us in us. 
And sometimes them behaviors that we had when we were young and we were children, some of y'all know you're still young, but when we were children, you see that in them. So even when you see them, I had a, I had a, oh, the chairman of our deacons in the church I used, that I pastored before I transitioned, retired, and all that kind of stuff. Might as well forget about retirement uh, for right now anyway. And so he had a grandson, and to this day, his grandson, uh, uh, Deacon Ware, gone on to be with his Lord, to the, with the Lord. But to this day, his grandson walks just like his granddaddy. Literally, feet going in two different directions. So there's some things, whether it's the looks or whether the behavior, the personality, whatever, that our children have in us, in them, that they got from us. And I'm going to show you something else. They may not necessarily got it from you, but the word says, it's in the Bible, it's right there in our text today, coming down on the end of the scripture. Uh, it, it's right there, that, uh, not there, but it might be in another one. But in Deuteronomy, thank you, Holy Ghost. What, you, what you'll find is that the sins of the parents are visited upon the third and fourth generation. That's why sometimes we need to know a little bit about our family history. Because sometimes when we got this crazy stuff going on in our spirits, they call them generational curses. And we need to let our children know. I, we had, I had to tell my son, let me tell you something, boy. Back up off of that alcohol because alcohol addiction is a curse in our family. See, we don't want our children to know our past. And you ain't got to go out and tell everybody, but every now and then, you got a child in your life that needs to know what their heritage is, and all of our heritage ain't been good stuff. Stop lying to our children. Y'all ain't saying nothing. They about to lose their mind, and you don't know where that craziness come from. When you got mental health issues in your family, I tell somebody, he preaching anyhow, but you ain't not like it, but I'm preaching. That ain't even in my stuff. But we got to understand that our children are a product of their environment. It comes from generation to generation. And so even some of our mental health issues are a result of something that happened with our grandmom, our great-grandmom, our great-granddaddy that is now visited upon this generation. Look at our children killing each other on the street. The word said it was coming, and we act like we don't know. Okay. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. What y'all do with my water? They'll become, thank you they'll become discouraged. Fathers, at verse 21, do not embitter. Where does bitterness come from? It comes from indwelt anger, frustration. Y'all know we talked about anger. I ain't gonna ask how many of y'all was in that Bible study. Oh, I preached it on Sunday. That, that ang unresolved anger is a result of bitterness that has, has just, just infested us. 
And the problem is not the anger, it's how you respond to it. How you going to deal with that? That's why husbands beat up on wives, wives beat up on husbands. Parents beat up on children. Yeah, children beat up on parents. Because we got this stuff in us. We don't know how to deal with it. And the first thing we got to do, just like with the 12-step programs, is acknowledge that I got a problem. Okay. So let's look at this. Strengthening families by God's design. Everybody say God's design. Strengthening families by God's design. Now, Bishop, what do you mean? I mean, I had an aunt that she was an extra excellent seamstress. She could do it two ways. One, she could look at a pattern and 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 just my aunt Cordelia Wilson. She could look at a pattern. Oh, oh, Angela's mama. She could look and her grandmama. That's who that's who really I'm talking about, her grandmama, Cordelia. And she could just look at a pattern and cut them out. She used to make Angela and her, her cousin's clothes and some of the other one's clothes. But then she also, if she wanted to get it exactly right, y'all ain't hearing me. She would lay out the pattern on the material. And she would look at the design and where it said sold, she sold. Where it said pin, she pinned. And where, she, where it said put a zipper, she put a zipper. And so when she came, when the product that she uh, was sewing was finished, it was, it was perfectly looking like the pattern from which she had designed it from. Well, Bishop, what you talk, what's that got to do with the family? Everything. Because what has happened from generation to generation, we have moved, we have far removed ourselves from the pattern that God designed for the family. Now you might say, well, what that got to do with me? I'm single. That got to do something with you too. Because some of us are raising our children, by, not by ourselves because we got God and we got other people in our families. But for the most part, you're a single parent. So this applies to you too. You still have to follow God's pattern, God's design for raising your children. Not only for raising your children, but you have to follow God's pattern for and God's design for your own life in singlehood. That's why I got a, a, a message that's coming in a few weeks single saved and satisfied or rather single saved and sanctified because single saved and sanctified means that I'm single I'm saved and I've been set apart so I don't allow my spirit to get tangled up with all kinds of raggedy folk that come into my life y'all ain't saying nothing okay let me give y'all these statistics family life has changed y'all know that Two parents are on a decline as a result of divorce, uh, as a result of death in the, with a spouse, of a spouse or, or, or a parent. Things have changed. We, we're married. We got a lot of blended families. Things have changed. Cohabiting is now socially acceptable. Preaching is house vision. Not only are families having fewer children, but the circumstances surrounding parenthood, oh, Lord. When I look back on my life and on my brother's lives, 
I'm glad my mom and daddy wasn't no timeout parents. Y'all ain't saying nothing, but that's all right. I'm going with it anyway. Because timeout parents is contrary to the word of God. I told y'all God's design. So when you look at our children, where they are today, and ain't, it ain't all the parent. Some of it is on society itself because, uh, you know, we went from, from where we were. Uh, I remember, oh, Lord, yeah, now. Now we're children calling the police on their parents. Some of it's truth, some of it is lies. Because they know they can get away with it. The Bible says in Proverbs, the wisdom book, remember? Now let me tell you what Proverbs, I think it's one and seven, somewhere around there, says a fool despises wisdom and instruction. So the book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom making. It, it shows us how to make wise decisions. And so now we're living with a generation of, of fools because fools have raised them to be like that. I ain't called nobody a fool. The Bible did. So you want to get mad? Somebody get mad with God. It's in there. Google it. You can Google it right now. A fool despises wisdom and instruction. And so guess what? We make a lot of foolish decisions because they're not popular with the society in which we live. So society, psychiatrists and psychologists and, and all of those folk, mental health folk, say, and, and I got my, my little stuff in that so I know the difference. But you got to be wise even with the stuff that, that science teaches. I didn't have to get a lot of weapons. I was a, my brother ain't here today, but he watching, I know. I was, I was a good kid, Miss Sharon. Mother, I was a good kid. I wasn't that good, I just was slick. Yeah. It's kind of like we was watching a movie last night. One of them movies we was watching, Brother Ty, either last night or Friday night, the daddy was telling the son, said, son, now, now you ain't listening to what I taught you. Said, do what you're going to do, but be discreet. Don't let everybody know what you're doing. Now, that don't make it right, y'all. Don't say Bishop said I can do what I'm doing. That ain't what I said. But see, my brothers, and, and, and a couple of them probably listen, all three of them probably now because my when they passed in Crossville, he done with church now. But he so he probably listened. The thing of it is, they wasn't smart as me, Miss Eva. But I was smart with it. I was slick with it. I, mama, and, and, and let me tell you about even being slick. You think you done got away. Mama don't know. Daddy don't know. And you get grown. You get 50, 60 years old. And you sitting at the at the dining table on Thanksgiving and, and you talking to Irma's mom and you talking to Bishop's mom and they say, I knew that, you just didn't know I knew it. So when y'all young folk think you getting over, getting by, getting away, it's just like with God. Just because God doesn't chastise us at the moment doesn't mean that God don't see what we're doing. And that's for all of us, single, saved, satisfied, married, widowed, whatever you are, God's eye is in every place beholding the good and the what? Yeah. 
Tell somebody, God sees you. My, my mother-in-law, Irma's mama, used to tell your brother Reuben when he was little. She had a picture hanging up in the, in the house of, of Jesus, of this picture, this, I call it, of whatever, of Jesus. Don't get me started on that. But it was a picture of Jesus hanging up on the wall, and, and her little brother, when he was little, would see, and he, every time he'd come to her house, he'd say, there's Jesus, and she'd always tell him, Jesus is watching you. You need to remind him that now. Tell him that Bishop said, remember when Miss Watkins used to tell you that Jesus was watching you? Well, you need to know even today that Jesus is still watching you. His eye is in every place. Husbands, wives, children, employees. His eye. Some of y'all looking at me real funny. Now, y'all looking at me. Y'all ladies looking at me funny because you want to see what I'm going to say about submitting. It ain't that bad. Tell somebody it ain't that bad. Ain't that bad. <laughs> I'm not responding to what Mike Dowdy is saying. Look at, look at families. The living arrangements of black children stand in stark contrast to the other major racial and ethnic groups. Watch this. The majority of our black children, African-American, whatever you want to call yourself, 54% are living with a single parent. Fifty-four percent. And guess what? That number is rising. At the same time, family structures have transformed, so has the role of mothers in the workplace. So because we got stay-at-home dads or... Uh, our Negroes that just don't want to work. Bishop got a problem with that. Something wrong with you if you're going to, oh, Jesus. He going to live in the house that you paying the rent on. Driving the car that you making a car payment on. Drive up the gas that you paying for. And you getting up every morning going to work and he riding around riding his other woman. That ain't nobody in here. But somebody might listen to this, this, this recording and, and they might get that, that something. Listen, listen. There's that, if, that, Rome, that uh, uh, Proverbs 1 again. A fool despises wisdom and instruction. I done seen it going on now. I don't go tell. I'm not a tattletale. Ain't going to do it. I'll let God tell on you. Now, I'll talk to you personally if I see you. Not y'all. Now, tell somebody he ain't talking about you because that ain't you. And anybody knows me know that Bishop will tell you. What's wrong with you? You done lost your ever-loving mind. Anyway, the 
The statistics don't lie, y'all. I don't know if I got that up there or not. But fathers matter. I don't care how low down you think he was or is, because we got some low down mamas too. Just because you done moved on don't mean your child moved on. Hello, somebody. I told y'all, where my security? And they know the difference. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving it to y'all. They know the difference. My wife and I took care of a family in our house one time. I don't know where I told y'all this or not. But she had two sons. And one of the big differences between the two sons was the one son's daddy would come see about him. The other son's daddy, he didn't even know where he was. And so guess what? The son that didn't have a relationship with his father, he lashed out. And up until a few years ago, he's in his late 40s now, he stayed in and out of incarceration. And part of it, I'm not saying all of it, but part of it was because he did not have his father in his life. But here's another thing that will help them along the way. If Y'all have heard me say it before when I was preaching before that if you the, the word says, Matthew 22, says, Love the Lord your God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And so that, that, that self talks about selfishness and self-centeredness. And so if I recognize who I am as a man of God, I ought to be willing to invest some of my time in the lives of some of these young boys and young daughters that don't have a father in their lives. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. We have become so selfish and so self-centered and the word of God teaches everything against that. What happened to the village? What happened to the village? Let me tell y'all something. Every Sunday morning, not just here, but it started at 3400, and I used to see Pastor Martin do the same thing. But whenever those young people come around, I always give them a hug. Men learn to give these young boys a godly hug. They need to know that you love them and you care for them. And not only them boys learn how to love the, hug the girls. Let me see, can I help y'all with that? Can I give it to y'all like the Lord's giving it to me right now? I was sharing with somebody a few weeks ago. A young man is 15 years old, Pastor Ty. And I was looking at some family portraits, pictures. And I told that aunt... I said, you, you need to tell your daughters to stop letting their little girl sit on his lap. I ain't playing. He's 15. I don't care if those are his cousins. How many people do you know that been molested by their cousins? Preaching this house, Bishop, I'm doing the best I can. 
Just cause that's your niece and your nephew, your grandchild, your son and your daughter, don't mean they got ulterior motives. Ruining lives. And then that child grows up mad at their mom and daddy because I tried to tell my mama, but she didn't want to hear that. Y'all ever listen to Joyce Meyer? Y'all to hear her story. Really? Because when they little bitty, they don't know that what that person is doing to them is wrong. And so they grow up, y'all say, well, they 15, they ought to know better. Why you think they ought to know better if they ain't been taught no better? Stand up a second, wife. I'm going to tell y'all, brothers. Stand up a second. This is how you need to hug a young girl. That ain't your wife. And young ladies, just come on out here, sister, daughter. She knows she want to hug. She think I'm going to hug her like I, anyway. But you hug them just like this. You don't put breast to breast and the other parts to parts. Y'all saying, yeah, yeah. No, you need to know the truth. This is real stuff. This is real. This is real. And our children are going through mental health issues because they grew up in an environment where nobody really cared about what they were saying about what they were going through. Okay, I'm going home. The United States has the highest rate of children living in a single-parent household than any other country in the world. And you know what part of the reason for that is? Is because we have moved so far away from the foundational truths of the Word of God. Ain't none of us perfect. I say to our young people all the time, when I counsel young people, young adults even, I say to them, don't be so down on your mom or your daddy because a lot, of, a lot of us only did what we knew to do. But then be have enough God in you, mamas and daddies and whoever, to go back to that child and say, son, I know I... I made some mistakes. My daddy taught us, Kevin, to sow your wild oats while you can, while you're young. That's what he said. And I guess he knew because you're going to get an age where the oats don't work as well as they used to. Miss Cheryl got choked on that one. <laughs> really, that's what he told us. Listen, 
And then I begin to learn the word. I'm like, Deacon Hayes, that ain't what the Bible say. You better shut it down. And ladies, you better go click it. Cause my daddy said, so your wild oats while you can. And some years later, we found out we had a brother we didn't know we had. Okay, I know y'all didn't want that. So why are you sowing some stuff comes up in places you don't know where it comes up at? And you know when you really find it out when brother, but when 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 somebody passes away, when mama daddy pass away. Well, who that? I'm your brother. I'm your sister. Don't get mad at them. Okay, let me go on. Look at this biblical emphasis on family relations. God has given us the blueprint, as I said, the design for what the family foundation, the structure should look like. And where is it? It's in his word. That's why I stress Bible study. Because what the Lord has been teaching, I'm just a vessel. I'm just an instrument. I ain't nobody. I'm just an instrument. And so what, the God, what God has been teaching through me is, one, lessons learned and lessons that we can all learn. Amen. It's just like a parent to a child. We're trying to prevent them from going through some of the things that we went through. That's what our moms and daddies used to tell us. I don't want you to have to go through what I went through. Well, what are we doing different to keep that from happening? Okay, go on. Let's go on. God has given us the blueprint in his word. It, it works for single folk. It works for married folk. It works for widowed folk. It works for divorced folk. Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. It starts off by saying, my child, all of us are children of God. Never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands where? In your heart. Store my instructions. God is saying, get the word in you. And when you get the word in you, hold it in you. Value the word of God in your life. And it will protect you and keep you from some craziness that's going to come your way. Preaching this house, Bishop. And so he says in three, verse Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, this is what will work in marriage. It will work in singles, too. Because you're trying to figure life out. And the, God says, trust in the Lord. With all your heart and do what? Lean not, Lean not on what? Your own understanding. Woo-wee. You know what messes us up, bro, Steve? Me too. Is that sometimes, God, I know what you're saying. How many times you done sit down with somebody and they said, I hear what you're saying. What they really saying when you say, I hear what you're saying. They really saying, but I ain't going to do that. Yeah, I don't care. what I know what you're saying. And they'll even have the craziness to tell you, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I know you're right. But what I tell y'all, buddy, is that's something you sit on. Mm-hmm. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and do not lean to your own understanding. Verse 6 says from the M5 Bible, it says, seek his will in all you do. And he'll show you which path to take. Did y'all catch that? 
See, here's where we get messed up. I talked about this earlier this morning. That, that Reverend Reuben boy, he done got, Lord, what happened to your grandson, Miss Dolly? Sometimes God will allow things in our lives to bring us to that place. Mississippi came out in him a little bit. But, but notice the second part of that, that verse 6, it says, he'll show you which path to take. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he'll direct thy path. But oftentimes, we put the but in there. When God says, do it this way, or God says, that's him, that's her, you looking for a mate. Now, first of all, according to Scripture, See, where some of us as wives messed up was, we found him. And he didn't find us. And we found him because that was the design that we wanted. Daddy, I know what you're saying, but. Mama, I know what you're saying, but. Granddaddy, I know what you're saying, but. God, I know what you're saying, but. That ain't what I'm looking for. And God says, well, that's where you messed up because it ain't about what you're looking for. It's about what I have in my will for your life. I got a friend of ours that married a guy, and everybody talked about him until she married him. And, they, and then they, when they found out how good of a guy he was and how he took care of her and her children's. Boy, I wish I'd got him. Let me tell y'all something. My, and and I, I, I was blessed because God blessed me. I found my wife. She, listen, here's what happened when you find a, find a good thing. She act like she ain't interested in you. Let me see y'all over here. She act like, I'm like, what's the matter with you? I go over to talk to her and she go on in the kitchen. And here I am stuck talking with her mama all night. Real talk. But guess what? When you find a good thing, you don't give up, Deacon, brother, pastor. You don't give up. You keep pursuing that thing. Why don't he go home? Why don't he leave me alone? Why don't he get out of here? Because God said you for me, and I ain't going nowhere till you say I will. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. You talking about why he don't go somewhere? Because he right where God planted him. Ooh-wee. I see y'all sitting there with y'all mouths standing open like, Mm. 
I'll say, well, how he going to justify that? I'm going to show you. I, that one, one scripture I just read, that, I mean, one thing I just said, that's in the Bible. That's the Bible. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. And so since you went and found him, you end up with a mess. Now, sometimes you're still with a mess, but... <laughs> but 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 let me tell you what sometimes it's God's mess really it's God's mess and God said well I put you there because I got something for you to do okay I'm gonna show it to you right here this morning I talked about this in Sunday school lesson this morning when I talk about God's design for family how can we have the relationship God meant us to have and I'm gonna get out of here because this is he said, I got a couple, a few more mother things, another things before I get done, but I got, I've got to go with this. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this. For we are his workmanship. We. Look at somebody and tell them we. We are his workmanship. If you got a spouse in here, yeah, y'all go and look at them. Some of y'all sitting next to your spouse. Look at them and tell we are his workmanship. We are his, his, his own work. Created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, that means spiritually transformed, renewed. Y'all ain't got this, so you can't, you ain't gonna find this, brothers. I'm sorry. Y'all y'all found it? Well, y'all bad back there. I tell y'all, y'all something else. Uh, but but uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, Amplified says, We are spiritually, watch this, watch this, tell somebody, watch this. You know that what will bless you to stay in your relationship that God, if God gave it to you? Because see, sometimes, now don't get me wrong, sometimes we mess up and sometimes we ain't got a good solid foundation of that part of the word in us. So there's some things that we thought we didn't have to deal with that God said you really should have went on and, oh my God, from Zion. Now I ain't talking about abuse and all that kind of stuff. God don't sanction no man beating up no woman, and he don't sanction no woman beating up on no man. I, I'm just, y'all ain't saying amen on that, but that's all right. Y'all heard, I'll say it over and over again. And you want to get on my bad side, because I got one. I do have one. So it says, and the reason God gave me the scripture is because in any relationships, whether you're single, married, widowed, or divorced, a parent or the child, that in order for us to be what God wants us to be, we got to have a transformed mind. I'm, I'm for real. Me and my wife do some stuff with, with families and, and all that kind of stuff. And we have, a, we have a workbook that we use, and it's got certain steps that you follow. Well, you can't bypass the steps. You've got to follow and do what? Trust what? The process. The process is there for a reason. There is a design. You can't take a pattern for a dress and say, okay, I see what it is. Let me do this, do this, and do this. And it come out all messed up and you wonder, well, wonder what I did wrong. You stop following the pattern. You got to stay in the word. Where did we go wrong? You'll find it in the word. And here's what we got to be careful of. I heard a Jeffrey say it this morning, and I talked about this Tuesday night, is that that, that power of forgiveness thing. I want to be here a second. <laughs> somebody who got his boxing gloves on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
that power of forgiveness thing, I'm sorry, that power of forgiveness thing, that is what has messed us up so bad because what happens, I got something here, I got to get this right here. Broken persons cannot help broken persons. So I was broken in my last relationship, and as much as we try to act like we passed that, a whole lot of mess that goes on where we are now as a result that you holding that person you're with now accountable for what somebody else did. How can you prove that, Bishop? Because when I come out of my mouth and say you just like so-and-so, that means you have not forgiven so-and-so. You're still broken. Dr. Susan Bethea preached that a while back. And we open this altar every Sunday. And there are broken people sitting right in here today. Tell somebody he passed from today. I could walk around here and lay hands on you and tell you who it is that's broken in here today. And until you allow God, like I had to do, until you allow God to heal, as that man said last Sunday, I believe it was Sunday before last, until you allow God to heal that brokenness, care how many people you have in your life you're still going to be messed up bitterness will destroy you and it will destroy everybody it'll try to destroy everybody around you you know what bitter people repel people You wonder why you ain't gotten that getting that good guy or that good lady? Because you're repelling them. Ooh-wee. That brother God sent to you, and the first date, you got this funky attitude. Really? Some of y'all sitting in it right now got one. I knew y'all smile on that one because y'all don't want nobody to know. Tell somebody, that ain't me. He ain't talking about me. See my smile? But how often do we find ourselves recreating? Re I was watching T.D. Jakes. That's my go-to devotional every, every morning. Him and Joyce Meyer, those are my go-to devotionals. And I was watching Jakes the other morning because they got two different kind of personalities, so I got to get whatever God got. And, and one of the things he was talking about, I wrote this down so i get it to you. It says, we find ourselves recreating frustrations, hurts, and disappointments because we keep going back to what God has pulled us out of. That's why the scripture talks about a dog returning to its own vomit. Tell somebody that's nasty. I'm coming out of it. Tell somebody he's coming out of it. 
Broken persons can't help broken persons. So in order for you to build a right relationship in the family, you got to get the horizontal right before you get the vertical right. I mean, excuse me, you got to get the vertical right with God before you get the horizontal right with one another. Your marriage will never be any better than what it already, what it presently is. If I'm always seeing him or if I'm always seeing her and I never see me, I got to see me. Well, you did this. You did it. You know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You did this. You did this. You did. Well, you did this. You did it. Well, you did this. You did. You did this. Tell somebody he helping us today. And you ain't getting nowhere because what I got to do is come to grips and say, well, I recognize because the Bible says that all have sinned. Because when you're doing that, you sin and then. All have sinned, everybody say all, and come short of the glory of God. Okay, let me get out of here because y'all getting tired. I know y'all getting tired. So we got to be careful that we don't find ourselves recreating our frustrations. So when you tell somebody you just like so-and-so, well, you the one that went, why'd you go get them then? <laughs> what you go get them for? That, that, that perplexes me. They this, they that, the other. Well, what you, why you, what you doing? You didn't have to go there. Well, I thought it'd be different. Well, why you think it'd be different? You ain't no different. You got to elevate your attitude, your way of thinking, your mindset. That's why the word says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I ain't talking about nobody. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. Let this mind be in you. I got to get the mind of Christ. My wife, I got to get the mind of Christ. My children got to get the mind of Christ. My coworkers got to get the mind of Christ. My church members got to get the mind of Christ. And, and when we get the mind of Christ... Then we get on one accord. That's why when you're dating somebody, try the spirit by the spirit. You'll know when there's, if you, let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is intelligent. And when you're in Christ, the Holy Spirit will tell you when they the right one and when they ain't. When they aren't. Excuse me. Well, I know they wasn't the right one, but my flesh got in the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me go on because Mother Martin be say, Bishop, Bishop. <laughs> Our flesh get in the way. Our old nature rises up. And I know they wasn't the one, but they make me feel so good. And now you're miserable. Okay, let me get this and I'm going to quit. So point number one was, there's the biblical emphasis that God places on the family. 
And point number two is there's an exhortation that God gives for healthy families. And the word exhort means a strong encouragement or being urged to do something. So there's a couple things that I saw there, and I got to get it. The first thing is, if you want to grow a family relationship and build a strong family, you got to position yourself for the promises. And sometimes we as parents or we as spouses have to reposition ourselves. Because we're doing it the way we saw somebody else do it. Let me tell you something. What works for me and Irma may not work for you. So don't be talking about why can't we be like them because you ain't them. You're not them. That's a, that's a, you, you don't, I don't look like what I've been through. Well, let me put it like this. My wife don't look like what she's been through. Okay, see, I fixed that. Because I got to go home. Position yourself. Everybody say position. Here it is, Deuteronomy chapter 6. And it's up there. I guess I'm going to have to leave it right there. Position yourself for the promise, the promises of God. You got you to reposition. Because we've been out of God's order. I'll hit that. I'll get that Wednesday night. I'll get the wives submit. I'll get the husbands love. I'll, I mean, Tuesday night. I'll talk about that Tuesday. But we got to reposition. Everybody say reposition. Why you say reposition, Pastor Bishop? Because most of us are not in the right position. I didn't say all of us. I said most of us. So that, that, that means you might not be the one that's not in the most. But most of us are not in the position that God designed us to be in. So when we're not in the right position, that's what's wrong with the Colts. They got some folk playing positions that they ain't supposed to be in, including the coach. That's a good example. Let me give that to y'all. Y'all saying he ain't got nothing to do with it. Yes, it does. I'm going to show it to you because when things get messed up, the one that's got to take the hit is the one at the top. So if, corner, if, if sanctuary is falling apart, guess who takes the hit? Not y'all. It's me. Hear what the coach did. The man they ought to get rid of is the coach. I ain't here for no debate. I'm just telling y'all what I'm telling you. But the coach need to say, well, I recognize my mistakes, my errors, my flaws, and maybe I'm the one that needs to go. Instead of pointing the finger at the offensive coach and pointing the finger at this player and pointing the finger at this person, the coach sometimes got to say, I messed up. Because guess what? The other ones that are in the positions they're in are in there based on the influence the coach gave to the general manager. Tell somebody he done with that. 
That ain't in the message. These are the commands, the decrees, and the regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. So that's why God put in my spirit that we got to position ourselves for the promise. Because there are things, when you set, I tell, me and my wife tell people, in marriage you need to set goals. And, and not marriage, but just, not just marriage, but in life you need to set goals. We got a member here that likes to cruise. And, and so um, she was talking to me a few weeks ago and put something in my spirit. I'm like, okay, we're going to do us a holiday cruise. And guess what? Me and my wife set an agreement on that. So when you, you, when you set those goals, those ambitions, those dreams, then you position yourself to bring them to pass. So when God gives you promises for your singlehood or for your marriage and all that kind of stuff, you got to position yourself to receive what God promises. Look at somebody and tell them we need to reposition ourselves. So if God tells you, I'm going to bless you with a home, guess what? Then you might have to take a good look at the way you're handling your money. I told somebody one time, and, and they, they all attest to this, that they were getting ready to, buy, they were getting ready to build a home, and God bless here's a, Here's a good example. They were getting ready to build a home, and, and the wife loved her husband so much, she wanted to buy her husband a new vehicle. And I advised her, I said, don't do that yet. You guys are wanting to build a home. Don't buy that car because one of the worst things you can do with your money when you're getting ready to buy a home is first of all get a car. That's what folk want you to do. They want to put you in bondage. The devil don't want you to have what God really wants for you to have. The car will come later. Get your house. And guess what? God honors obedience. And guess what they did? They didn't buy that new car. They waited. And guess what? Now, and, as a, a, as a, and this ain't about me. It's about God. But when you position yourself, they position themselves and say, okay, I'm not going to get my hubby, my honey, this car right now because we're getting ready to buy their house. And, and the devil kept trying to throw this in the way, throw this in the way, all these obstacles. But what God has for me, hallelujah. Where Rodney? What God has for me is for me. So let me finish this scripture and we go on. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. You and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy what? A long life. And that does not just mean, if you go back in the vernacular of scripture, in, 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 the, in the, uh, 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 the Hebrew, you'll find that it's not just talking about literally a long life. It don't, it's not just talking about living 89, 100 years, but it's talking about as long as you live, you're going to find favor. Y'all miss what I just said. That when you obey, and if you follow the decrees of God, the commands of God, you'll enjoy a favored life. 
an abundant life, a blessed life, a fulfilled life, if you obey my commands. Verse 4 says, excuse me, verse 3 says, listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you. Oh, my God, my God. How powerful is the word? Then all will go well with you. And you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Verse 4 says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength. Strengthening families by God's design. Repeat them, verse 7. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Take you some blessed oil and, and put it around so every time that child comes in and out, they'll see that and they'll be reminded. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I just said. Put it on the doorposts of their bedrooms and sprinkle it on the doors of their bedrooms. Help us, Holy Ghost. The Lord just gave me that. See, sometimes they, you put it on them, they're going to wash it off real quick. But you put it around the house, they're going to be reminded that I'm in a house that's blessed. And it'll change their attitude. It'll change ours. Verse 10 says, The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land. Ooh-wee. Watch what happens when you reposition yourself. Hear what it says. The Lord your God You've been asking and believing God for something. Tell somebody, reposition yourself. You've been waiting and wondering and what, like, God was taking you so long. And God is saying, I'm just waiting on you to reposition yourself. When you get in line with the word of God, watch how God begins to open doors for you. He'll not only, as Joseph, he'll not only give you favor with him, with God, but he'll give you favor with men. The Lord your God will bring you into the land he swore to give when he made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities, cities that you didn't build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods you didn't produce. You'll draw water from cisterns that you did not dig. And you'll eat from vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. Huh. The favor of God on your house follows obedience to the word of God. 
the favor of God on our house. And if you're a husband, it ain't on the wife. It's on you. See, the Bible tells the wife to submit, but he tells you and me to love. to you today as you walk in obedience to the word of God you'll find God's favor all over your life not only just you it'll be yours your children your grandchildren learn to speak that that God I'm believing you for your favor tell y'all something happened last Sunday. I'm gonna, and thank y'all so much. I'm done. Thank y'all so much for, for all the love you showed me and my wife, Pastor Appreciation Month, all the birthday gifts and all that kind of stuff. When I kicked my feet in the sand on the beach of, of the Bahamas, when I kicked my foot, I'm going to kick up a bunch of sand that's going to say thank y'all for, for your gifts because that's what paid for that cruise. Really. Really. Live in that favor. Favor God. I thank y'all for all of those things. I told y'all I got to do something with that poem. But when we think about all the goodness of God, and there have been times, really, Miss Michelle, And I said, God, I don't want to do this no more. Look at Miss Sanders' eyes got real big. I don't want to do this no more. I know God, I said, okay, but y'all know I'm very transparent. I don't want to do this no more. Miss Yolanda, look at me funny. But God began to speak into my spirit. And reminds me that it's not about you. It's about who I am. And if you want the blessings of God to keep flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing, there are positions that you don't want to be in. Places you don't want to go. But you have to do like Jesus and say, nevertheless, not my will, mine be done. And when that happens, watch God rise you and your families to places and heights that you never dreamed you'd go. He'll do that for you. Look at somebody and tell them that it's up to you. The strength of our families, especially those of us that are men, as husbands, as fathers, I don't care if you don't see your son, your daughter. That don't stop you from praying. 
I've got a young niece. That his mother, her mother, took her away from her. Supposedly nobody in the police don't know where she had whatever. But I tell my nephew, I tell my brother, just because you don't see her does not mean that you stop praying for her. Fathers, can't nobody stop you. Mothers, can't nobody stop you from praying for your child. God can do more with the situation than you ever imagined. And you start getting the right attitude, start praying and believing, and pray for the mama, pray for the daddy, whichever way it goes. And don't be praying no evil prayer. Really. Pray a godly prayer. at your door. And that same child, same way with grandparents, some, some grandparents don't get to see their grandchildren. And you praying for that grandchild. And then there comes a knock at your door. Lord, I really don't care y'all. Let me give this to y'all. Seriously, this really happened. Never forget it. I remember, I'm talking about strengthening family, so I'm there. I remember the night before my mama died. There were two people that she'd been praying for for the last three years, she hadn't seen them. It was one of her granddaughters and this great-granddaughter that I was just talking about. I'll tell y'all how God will work it. And on the night before my mama passed, she passed early that next morning or sometime late that night after we went to bed. She'd been praying for three years to see her granddaughter, then also to see her great-granddaughter. And before my mama died, she sat with me and she said, I just want to know. She said, I don't mind dying. That's what she told me. I don't mind dying. But I just want to know that my children, my grandchildren, and my great-grandchildren are all right. And Mother Hayes Later on that same evening, my doorbell rang. And my wife right there. My doorbell rang. And you know who was at the door? The granddaughter that she hadn't seen in three years. And then later on that evening, there came another ring at the door. 
Vangel Strain. And that great granddaughter that we'd all been praying for. She's still young. She's now probably 10, 11 years old. My mama told God, she told me that I just want to know that my, listen y'all, I'm telling you the power of prayer that you have. I just want to know that my children, my grandchildren, and my great-grandchildren are all right. And that doorbell rang. And it was Shania. And watch this. Mother Martin, this really happened. My niece showed up. My great niece showed up. That mama had been praying for. And that same night, my mama cried herself to sleep. We went upstairs. And three o'clock the next morning, my wife said, you need to go see about your mama. And my mama had gone to sleep. I believe she rested that night because God honored her request. Y'all know I usually ain't up here this long. But I want you to be encouraged. And wherever you are in your family relationships, it can become better and become stronger if you allow God to work in your life. Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary Church Podcast. We pray that the message you just heard inspired your continued walk with Christ. To learn more about our ministry and our worship opportunities, visit us at www.tscindy.org or download our church app in your Apple or Google Play Store. Again, thank you for listening.